It's the Geekiest Show Ever, number 37. And I'm your host, Chad Perry, with your co-host... Tim Robertson. Hey, guys. Let's hey, what's move, up? Let's move the mic a little closer. To All right. That'll work. That'll work a lot better. That way you don't have to yell. Yep. Hey, we're over here. <laughs> so, Chad, what's going on, my brother? Not a lot of Mr. Tim. You know, I was thinking this morning about how games have changed in our lifetime. Um, and I'm not just talking video games, but no, gaming no, in general. No, gaming in general. I, I remember, you probably remember Dungeons & Dragons. Yep. Remember how the, those parents just up in arms against Dungeons & Dragons. They didn't want their kids. It was satanic and and kids were being brainwashed and possibly murdering and stealing and and disappearing into a fantasy zone in their own minds they can't escape from <laughs> we call it facebook now yeah i know <laughs> uh, farmville uh yeah i mean it was it was amazing the the level of fear on fantasy role playing i mean yeah. that's all it was they didn't have computers that they can do this stuff with. Right. And to me, I always thought it was... I never really got into D&D. I don't know if you did. I did play a little bit, yeah. I, I played... There was a... It was a star something that was about the, the outer space, but it was basically Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I know the I know the one you're talking about, and I can't remember. I can't remember. Them. And I didn't... I was never really big into it, but I mm-hmm. played it a couple times. I always thought it was kind of neat. You know, you mm-hmm. get together with a bunch of buddies, and you just kind of act out the roles and yeah. see what happens. But I always thought it was more of a endeavor and creativity because some of the stories that were woven around these games that people were playing mm-hmm. were pretty both intricate and interesting at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I never, I never really thought, hey, this is dangerous. Well, you know, and you look at all the work that went behind developing those games as far as like, you know, I remember you used to be able to buy dungeon screens that basically had all the information that you'd need as a dungeon master, all these charts, graphs, tables, rolls. I remember like that. looking through the books and looking at the drawings and mm-hmm. and all and and the description of the powers and all this stuff. And I I always thought it was just it was so intricate and it was mm-hmm. so well thought out and it just had this mystique around the whole brand. Right. That was a little bit intimidating if you weren't really big into it. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I always thought it was really cool. I, I kind of wanted to do it more. I just, I don't know, I just never did. I just never fell into it, I guess. Yeah. I was, well, I was a football player and, you know, mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes and right. hanging out and uh, going out with girls. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and those things don't usually go together when you were a teenager in the 80s. Unless you were kind of a geeky teenager. Yeah, and I was, and I but the problem with my geekiness in the mm-hmm. 80s was more I was a closet geek. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> I would make fun of those who I perceived as geeky. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at him with his little Dungeons and Dragons book. Let's go knock him out. Right. You know, that I was I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I was kind of a jerk mm-hmm. for a long time in the in the 80s when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of turned my nose up on that stuff. But deep down, I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to hang around with those geeky kids. Yeah, I was bigger and stronger and faster than them. Mm-hmm. And so I was hanging around other people who were bigger and stronger and faster and played football mm-hmm. and, you know, smoked cigarettes on the corner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, it, yeah. you know, the attitude, right. wore leather jacket and all that crap, had mm-hmm. long hair. Um, so I kind of turned my nose up to that. But looking back, I had more in common with those people than the people I was actually hanging around with. Yeah. I mean, 
dude, we're on a show called Geekiest Geek Show Ever, ever and this is the go. 37th episode. <laughs> 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 I think that, you know, it, at, at this stage in my life, all those people, mm-hmm. it would have been the geekiest guys then that would be listening now. Right. And the the jocks and the mm-hmm. those guys that we would be making fun of now. Yeah. You know, we'd be like, they don't even get what's going on in the world of technology and the, mm-hmm. and the geekdom. And, right. You know, they can't even tell you what the publisher was for Watchmen. Ha, ha, ha. You know? <laughs> so so it's complete role reversal, at least for me. Was right. that for you? Um. I, you know, I participated in sports, but I was still kind of geeky. I did have friends who we did play Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games. But my big thing was really the war games. I loved playing the the board games. You know, you were much more rounded than I was then. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, obviously I probably was, but yeah. you know, I, you know, I kind of being a teacher's kid, you know, you kind of move in all yeah. the circles and, and, and you're limited as to how much mischief you can get into because everything, especially when your father's a high school teacher, everything gets back to them. Yeah, they right. know if you're screwing around, they're going to know it. Yeah. Oh, that would not be fun. <laughs> no, I wouldn't like that at all. Um, so you were into the, the war playing games, the board games. Yeah, like what basically is because Risk and... Yeah, Risk, and then there's, you know, all the one-offs like... Uh, Oh, I can't remember what the big ones were back then. You know, there was like D-Day, which was an Avalon Hill game, where it was kind of a World War II right. simulation, and, and uh, Tank Commander, which really were, you know, fairly detailed board games and really kind of were the precursors to the real-time strategy games of today. Oh, that's where they all came from. I mean, yeah. you look at what role, real-time strategy is now. Resource gathering, building up your base, mm-hmm. playing defensively or offensively or a combination of both. It all came from that. I yeah. mean, and the people who are programming these games now grew up on those type of board games mm-hmm. where there was clear-cut rules. And in those board games, there's usually parity. Yeah. You know, both sides are equally matched. Mm-hmm. So you had to use your wits strategy to win, right? Yeah. Well, that's all RTS is now. Right. I mean, if you're playing StarCraft and – you're doing nothing but building ground troops, mm-hmm. and your opponent comes after you from the air, mm-hmm. well, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he comes over the hill with, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. 20 carriers. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> I think you're going to lose. Yeah, or even going back to, a, you know, an old game we talked about in the last GSE, which was Myth, which was really more of a tactical game. Absolutely. Where you don't get resources. You, no, you you, st- everybody starts with the same and how you deploy them and yeah. and use them. I mean, you may have all your archers set up over here, but mm-hmm. the guy doesn't tack over there. And by the time you can get your archers over, he's already ransacked your, I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like those games, too. I think it's, I think it's probably easier nowadays mm-hmm. because a lot of the mechanics is taken away from you. Yeah. But do you find yourself still going back to those board games? So do you still want to play them? Um, I still do play board games occasionally. My cousin and I get together. I used to have a group of guys that we got together like on a monthly basis back when I was, you know, working at uh, uh, Pfizer. And, you know, that was actually kind of fun because every month or two months we'd all get together and and choose a game and basically play through it. And everybody was serious about it. I mean, they weren't. Goof offs and no, no, we were there to learn just how an to excuse play the game to drink. No, and it, yeah, so and, and we played some pretty cool games. I think Twilight Imperium was probably one of the better ones that we played, but there was a lot of other games that we played. Some of them were just like little indie published games that someone's picked up and said, This looks interesting, let's all play it, see how we like it. So I still enjoy doing the board game thing, but there's fewer and fewer people that do it now. Do you think the internet has helped that or hindered it? I think you know, I, I. I think the internet has probably hindered it more because a lot of the, it, it's so much easier to log in, 
we become more insular, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have stuff like Facebook where you can get a hold of those old friends that you used to play with, or you can find websites that's dedicated to. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, they're, they're and that's everything. Art. I mean, not yeah. just games, but I mean, almost everything out there, stamp collectors. Mm-hmm. And I, if you can imagine a group of more than three people who mm-hmm. like this activity, there's a website that's dedicated to that activity. Yeah. yeah. And probably a podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's this the way it yeah. is. So I can understand what you mean, though. It it, it's probably hurt it in the long term, mm-hmm. but is it is it hurting it because you kind of stopped doing it and that you didn't put much effort into finding anybody else mm-hmm. to do it with? And could the Internet actually help you recapture that? Well, you know, I think the Internet pr- could probably help me recapture that by connecting me with people who, who do do it. Uh, I think the biggest issue, though— Did you just say do-do? I said do-do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the other issue, though, is just— um, it's it's just so much more convenient to just go and play a game on my iPod Touch or on my Wii or on my Mac. You know, it's so much easier to to make the time to do that because you don't have to go anywhere. Right, you and know, it's when, right there waiting for yeah, you. Yeah, and when we did the board game, you know, group, it was you know it was pretty much a day, so everybody kind of and there's had a commitment involved. Yeah, and yeah. there was a commitment involved. Do you think we have more to do nowadays? Is that it? Because I, I can't imagine honestly that we have any more to do in a day than our parents did. Other than the fact that back then no women really worked, right? And now it's you know, yeah. pretty much everybody in the family works. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that it's we we're busier. I, I just think it's you know we appreciate convenience more. You think so? I think to some degree that's the case. I think the other thing is one of the things I miss about the board game group is that you know when you played, it was much more civil. Yeah. Because yeah. the person is right across the table. Yeah, so. you're not going to call him a noob and, and get up and physically do the, what do you call that, the sack thing where they, Yeah, I don't know, I forget what they call it now. It's right there, but I can't think of it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that to you. They're right. not going to stand over your your body and kind of grind into you. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> They're going to get beat up if they do that. Right. But if you're doing that on Halo, people do that all the time. You know, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, come on, really? That You're going to have to do, and this, the, the vile... It's either homophobic or racist comments that people use. Right. That's actually what's turned me off about – you don't hear me talking too much about playing multiplayer games. Right. Either computer or console. And same here. I, I just get turned off by that stuff. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. I'm just here to have a good time and play. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I win or lose most of the mm-hmm. time. I want to win. I'm very competitive. Right. But if I lose, oh, no biggie. Right. And if someone gets lucky and kills me, I, I'm not going to sit there and start calling them names. Mm-hmm. I mean – Maybe it's just, we're in our forties, so you know. Well, but still, I mean, this the stuff that you hear, and it's not just Cabrios, just kids on there. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a lot of people that do that stuff. Well, and I think that you know part of the problem with online game is is it's lended to the anonymity of a gamer, so yeah. that you can gloat and be a jerk. And... But that's not just games on the internet. That's almost everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the reasons that I had comments turned off at mymac.com for a long time for unregistered users. Mm-hmm. Was because you would, other than spam, right? Is that you would get people that were hiding behind that anonymous user name, mm-hmm. just to say nasty stuff that they would never say if you knew who they were. Right. If I could pick up a phone and call you mm-hmm. and ask you why you said that, you would never have said it in the first place. That's right. But that's also a strength of the internet, don't mm-hmm. you think? That I, I you think can it, say stuff that you couldn't say for fear of getting hurt, or right. I mean, what do you think? 
Well, you know, it's the pros and cons, and it's it's really just the responsibility of, of having free speech. Yeah. You know? But when we're talking about the Internet and having free speech, that might be true for us here in the United States of America and many other countries, mm-hmm. but not every country. Right. I mean, there's times that Chinese dissidents can't just get on and say whatever they want because mm-hmm. there's censorship there that they have to – they can't get on and say anything about the government that's negative. Right. But if they could do it anonymously mm-hmm. – at which point that's, in our opinion, because we live in America, we think that would be a good thing. Yeah. The Chinese government doesn't think so. No. So maybe it's all a, a perspective. It is, but I, do, I still think that you, you know. You we need manners. You need, <laughs> yeah, you need manners. That's, to me, that's really the core issue. Right. A lot of people think that you can disregard manners with the guise of anonymity. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should. Uh, and nor do I. But how do you convince a larger population of that? I think that you do when you talk to them one-on-one, face-to-face, mm-hmm. or even on the telephone. But when you try to convince someone like that online, yeah, you're swimming upriver. I mean, you'll, you'll, it's, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So speaking of gaming, yes. I had something fun happen. I was coming back from the Chicago area, and it was a uh, Friday. So... You could no, it was a, maybe it was a Thursday. No, it was a Friday, so you can imagine what the traffic's like. Right, it's uh, not fun. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one part where they're doing a little bit of construction on the highway, and I got trapped there the week before, when my GPS on the car told me to take an exit, which I don't usually take, and I ignored it. It's like I don't take that exit. You're retarded. This time I was listening. Said your route is being rerouted due to traffic conditions. Hmm. And so it said, take the next exit, and I did. And it routed me through this Indiana town. I can't tell you what the name of it is now because I don't remember, to be honest. I was vaguely aware of it when I got off there. Uh, But I did get off, and about, I don't know, five, ten minutes later, driving through various smaller towns Mm -hmm. on more of a um, highway rather than a freeway, if you you understand the difference. Uh, a, A highway runs through towns, and... You can go from anywhere from 55 miles an hour down to 25. Yeah. You could see, you could be driving literally through a residential area, and then two minutes later, you're in the country and you're just yeah. flying through. Uh, I decided I, I need to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I had to pee. <laughs> that happens when you drink a lot of stuff to keep you awake. Right. And you're driving long distance. I need to pull over. Well, there's no rest areas mm-hmm. on a highway, there is on a freeway. But I saw a McDonald's. And I don't know if you – have you ever stopped at, like, a restaurant to use the bathroom? Oh, yeah. Don't you feel yeah. guilty? Like, maybe I should at least buy an apple pie while well, I'm Well, or you just try to, like, slip in through the side door if they've got more of a side door. There's right. Some of the old, old McDonald's had that little – Side door. By the bathroom. Yeah, so they can't see you from the counter. Slip out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's still people sitting there watching you like, yeah. you, you're not a customer. Mm-hmm. And you think, dude, I've spent a million dollars over my lifetimes at McDonald's. Shut up and leave me going. <laughs> but I still – I always have that guilty pain, pain yeah. like – I, I should just buy something while I'm here. So I thought, I'll go in here, I'll use the bathroom, then I'll just get a Coke, mm-hmm. you know, small Coke to go. Or maybe an apple pie. I think I got an apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like McDonald's apple pies. They're tasty. So I go in, and as I'm walking up to the McDonald's, there's this huge sticker sign, like advertisement, mm-hmm. on the, I think it was on the actually on the outside, or the uh, inside, but it's facing out. Mm-hmm. Play the latest video games here. Nintendo 64, and it has the wow. big N64 logo, huge, mm-hmm. like six feet tall, on their window. 
And I look at this, and this does not look like an old sign. I mean, it's not faded or anything. It's it's clearly mm-hmm. legible. And it's not like this McDonald's was filthy and dirty and trapped in a time warp. So yeah. I thought, really? <laughs> 64? They're still publishing it's, games? <laughs> it's like 13 years old at this point. And the latest? Well, I guess there is a latest N13 game. It's just, you know, 10 years old at this yeah. point. It's still the latest. Mm-hmm. But I walk in and they have these little kiosks set up, like two or three of them, with these uh, old televisions, uh, not even flat screens, the older ones. Right. Smaller, like 19 inch, Mm -hmm. with an N64 under plastic next to it and one controller for each one. Oh my God. I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Can can we at least move up to the PlayStation 1 at this point, maybe? (laughs) That way you'll only be like 12 years behind. It was amazing to me that why would you still promote N64? Mm-hmm. I've never seen this anywhere else except for this one small Indiana town, it, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as I could tell, I, yeah. I didn't drive all around to see, but it was kind of a very isolated place. But from what I saw, people were still driving modern cars. <laughs> you know, it's not like we've got the brand new... 1999 Celica in. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as I know, I didn't hit a t- time warp. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything like that? No. I mean, back no. in the day when N64 was a big deal, sure. Yeah. But. It, so how'd you like Super Mario Kart? Was oh, that it was great? awesome. <laughs> it was in, in uh, Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. It, it was a full 3D. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But it, it just blew me away. I just, I just looked at it. I'm like. Wow. I wish I would have taken a picture with my iPhone. Yeah. I thought about that as I was walking up, but there was people sitting right on the other side of the window. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if I take a picture, they're going to think I'm taking a picture of them. They're going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. And what is that fancy little thing that you got there? That can't be a camera. <laughs> you know, uh, where's the film come out? Where's the antenna? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, this is Indiana. This is not like Zimbabwe. Yeah. This isn't some third world country where maybe N64 had just rolled out there. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of America. Yeah. <laughs> They've heard of flat screens and mm-hmm. PS3s and Xbox 360s and iPhones and iPads, and th- they know what these things are. If I was going into the McDonald's and saw a big N64 sign, I would have to say something. Mm-hmm. If I lived there, I'd be like, you need to take that off because you look stupid. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's a 13-, 14-year-old gaming system that you're promoting like it's some big deal. Get that off the window, please. You look stupid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a hick because I'm in here now. <laughs> you know, I'm going to walk out and someone's going to say, hey, how was that Super Mario Brothers there, Tim? You know? Yeah. Bra- Bowser's Revenge or, you know. I still unusually left it up for this long. How was know, Star was Fox? Just... Oh, I can't wait to get in there and Star play Star Fox. Fox. 64. That was one of the things that was in the kiosk. Oh, I, I, remember, see. I remember playing Star Fox on the SNES and trying to play all the way through it. But the thing yeah. is, none of the, the little kiosk things were actually turned on. Oh. And they were all sitting by themselves. Nobody was even close to them. I don't know why I just haven't got rid of them then. Maybe they just decided not to. Maybe that's what the employees do when no one's around. Yeah, well, hey, let's go play some N64. Yeah. I would rather stand there and do nothing than play N64 <laughs> game at this point. Oh, that would be hey, Now, brutal. don't knock it because when I was down in Indianapolis. No, it's fun. They had the little rental thing in the hotel. Well, no, actually, the guy I was down there with had an N64, and so we had basically, to entertain ourselves, he brought that down there. I had a little, uh, a little bridge. 
to allow me to you know go from an RCA jack to a oh coax. gotcha yeah and so that's how we hooked it up and we did play Golden Eye <laughs> Golden Eye um I you know I can't really say anything negative about the town it's not their fault that their McDonald's is retarded but <laughs> it was just it was bizarre I'm like right. really N64 I've never seen anything like that speaking of video games mm-hmm. um. Xbox 360, their marketplace now, has the ability to buy full games. Yeah. At Some of them are discounted prices. One of the games, there's actually two that I purchased um, on the Xbox Live marketplace, and I bought a, a brand new game, too. I'll get to that mm-hmm. in a second. But there was two games that I've always kind of wanted to play but never really went out of my way to get them. Mm-hmm. I played the demo of each, kind of enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. There was this other things going on that I didn't. Right. Uh, a week ago, I was kind of bored. Didn't feel like playing Crackdown 2 anymore. I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I'm kind of bored of this. So I went and I bought, on the Xbox Live Marketplace, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, which David Cohen had talked about. Right. And Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Because mm-hmm. I know there's a new one coming out. Soon. Possibly this yeah. year. Uh, I didn't I, I didn't play the first game, so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention mm-hmm. other than that killer trailer that we watched. Yeah. But I bought both of those as a download. And to me, that's... I really like the download games because I don't have to get up and look for a disc and mm-hmm. it's not in its case. Where is it at? It's yeah. just right there. So when I turn it on, I just navigate to it and hit play. Yep. And so I was playing Arkham Asylum. My kids, my young kids, Cole, two and a half, and mm-hmm. Brooke, seven. Ooh, Dad, play Batman. Play Batman. They, they, I don't mm-hmm. know why. They love me. Watch, they will just love watching me play Batman. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre. I mean, Brooke's whole Batman thing is a little bit of the cartoon series. And then Batman Lego. Yeah. But this is a this is a real Batman dad because mm-hmm. he's kind of a badass in the yeah. game, and um, so I've been doing that. But and they're okay. Game. Well, I didn't play Force Unleashed yet. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't got to it because yeah. if the kids are up, they're like, "Play Batman." So, okay, I play Batman. Um, it's a, it feels a little restrictive. I mean, the game expects you. Okay, you're going to have to push these buttons in this order to to beat this. Mm. I'm a little past that point. I'm like, I want more open world and use yeah. a little bit more strategy. You know, mm-hmm. don't. Don't lay things out so obvious that you have to do it this way to yeah. get, you know, and I can only follow the path. I really get tired of following yeah, the path Yeah, I've been playing games. through a game like that, too. Yeah. So. You're like, I would like to be able to take this door, but it's not a real door. It's just mm-hmm. a texture. And yeah. Boy, it sure would be easy if I can go through this door and avoid this mm-hmm. ambush that I've had to hit four times now because I keep dying. Yeah, and in my game, you know, I'm, I'm a mountain climber. Okay, so I'm a mountain climber, but but I can't go over a four-foot uh a four-foot stone wall. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like really, my guy's just not able to do that. Yeah, yeah that's a little. Yeah, I get that. That's <laughs> you just kind of got to shake your head and go, "What were they thinking?" Yeah. Um, so I'm playing that when the kids are up and they insist that I play it, which has been like three days in a row for maybe a half hour at a time, mm-hmm. which is okay. And I enjoy the game. Don't get me yeah. wrong; it's a good game. The graphics are great. The the acting is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bought a game yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I I bought it before I even went to work that day, yesterday. I bought it on my way to work. And I ended up playing this game a whole lot in mm-hmm. one day, probably like three hours. Wow. And uh, it's called Mafia 2. Hmm. And I saw the, the previews for it, and I played the demo, and the demo kind of gave you just a tiny little taste. It's basically Grand Theft Auto, yeah. to be honest, uh, combined with like Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing really original about the game, but it takes place in the 40s, at least it starts out in the 40s, mm-hmm. 
And in fact, when you first start out, your guys in World War II in Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a very effective way to introduce yourself to this character mm-hmm. or the characters introduced to you. Right. And uh, and then it goes to Empire City, which is kind of a hybrid between Chicago and New York, from what I see. Mm-hmm. They got a little Italy, and yeah. so you can already see what the whole storyline is mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, start small, get big, probably tragic ending, mm-hmm. something like that. But that's not what's got me hooked. The 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 gameplay mechanics themselves are really well done. The driving, the running, the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really well done. But what's got me hooked, Chad, more than anything, is, is the visuals. Yeah. It's just amazing. And I know that they have seasons in this game mm-hmm. because it takes place at a specific time. Right now it's February 1945 in the game. And so when you're listening to the radio, the announcer will come on and say, you know, warplanes have b- bombed Germany for the fifth day in a row. Mm-hmm. And um, the next day, the guy saying, I, I've never had to report anything like as horrific as this. The mm-hmm. Allied forces have uh, captured a German prison uh, in Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and you know what yeah. they're talking about. Yeah. And you're like, wow, th- that's how the mm-hmm. world, that's what the news sounded yeah. like then. So that's very authentic. The way that people talk are very authentic. It's not over-the-top gangster crap. It's mm-hmm. the way people really talk. You don't hear forget about it or any yeah. crap like that. Um, but it's the, it's really the visuals, this world that this company created, mm-hmm. 2K Chez, who did it, uh, Chez, Czechoslovakia. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, I'm just blown away by it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a game in a long time that made me just kind of want to walk around the city and mm-hmm. just look at stuff. But it's not just the visuals. It's the way the NPCs act. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when you get these open world games, they'll have citizens, but they're just walking. Yeah. You can go in and bump into them or maybe even punch them or something, and mm-hmm. they'll react, but they're still this mm-hmm. kind of... Right. More just like mannequins. Yes. They're yeah. walking mannequins. There's mm-hmm. no personality there. And every 50th a mannequin that you see is an exact replica of going you passed earlier. Yeah. So they're reusing. Mm-hmm. That's not the case here. As you're walking through the city, people have purpose. Mm-hmm. They're having conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the game, I'm walking towards my mom's house, mm-hmm. and there's two guys outside this uh, tenant building yelling up at a lady, and they want to come in. She's not going to let them in because they've been drinking. And they're half joking, half serious, and they're throwing snowballs up at her. And, uh, well, then you come out here. Let's go and get some. And, she, and he's like, uh, that is cool. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, she, she's got your balls up there. You might want to <laughs> go get a uh, shout out. This just means more beer for us. I mean, just little conversations like that. Yeah. And it, it, I, it was completely convincing. I mean, it was just like, wow. And it's not just people walking the sidewalks. You see people going into buildings. Uh, I walked by. I don't remember what I was doing at the time. I was—I think I was running from the cops because I was kind of experimenting. And uh, I had changed my clothes and was walking down the street trying to see if that would work, and it did. And there was a guy working on this woman's car at the beginning of this alley. And she's like, well, "How long? How much longer is this going to take?" And it mm-hmm. wasn't cartoonish. It wasn't video game speak. It was. Yeah. And and he's like, "Hey, lady, you know." Why don't you stop busting my balls? I'll be done with this when it gets done, all right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be out here in the cold any more than you do because it's it's yeah. snowing out. He's cold. Yeah. He doesn't want to be working on the car. 
And the way the guy was kind of leaning over the car with his hands in there, it looked like he was really doing something. And she looked very impatient. And I just thought, you know what? They put a lot of time and effort into not just visually making this a real world, mm-hmm. but all the little details that go into a Makes real you feel world. Like you're in a real city. Yeah, there's real people driving. When I run into someone, they stop because they're ticked off or yeah. they want to see if you're hurt or they're hurt. Uh, each car has its own license plate. You, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you're seeing the same car over and over. Right. Um, there was this one point I was standing there and I could hear some noise and it sounded like aircraft and I looked up with my character and a couple of warplanes went over. Hmm. So like they were going to land somewhere yeah. close by. Had nothing to do with my character. I couldn't interact with it. It doesn't happen ever that I saw just the one time. But it was it just lent itself to the authenticity of this being a real place. Right. I got to tell you, it, it's pretty amazing. Have you seen any of the trailers for Mafia 2? Well, nope, let's, let's, let's stop recording for a second. I'm going to play you a trailer or two. Okay. And then uh, you, we'll come back and you give your opinion. Well, look at that. Move the mic over there because we were watching video. So I, I showed you a couple, three videos now from Mafia 2. What would you think? Nice. Nice looking game. Nice graphics. I, I like the atmosphere, and I understand why you like it too. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's like my DNA. I mean, I'm an Italian that I know. But uh, it's, it, that's my DNA. When you mm-hmm. see that, you think, oh, Tim will like that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I would say. Is, that sounds like a game you'd play when you announce the title of it. So <laughs> Yeah, and... Uh, you know, I like open-world games where you kind of go where you want, when you mm-hmm. want. You're not – give you an example of a mission that I did last night. Uh, and it's the first time that you're introduced to a uh, mafia guy, mm-hmm. a maid guy, if you will. Right. And uh, you come into this uh, bar where you're meeting your best buddy, and he's going to introduce you to this guy. And this guy says he's got a job, and this is kind of your tryout where right. you're going to find out if you're worth anything. Um Remember this taking place during World War II. Mm-hmm. And so there's a shortage on everything and everything's right. rationed. There's a federal building that has gas vouchers. Mm-hmm. He wants you to go lift the gas vouchers and bring them back to him, and he'll pay you 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. But if you kill anybody, he's going to take a third of the money out. Right. To do that, you need to go talk to this lady who works there. Mm-hmm. She's going to give you some information that you're going to need to know to complete the mission. Right. So you drive to this older lady's house. Now, it's winter. There's snow coming down. Mm-hmm. The roads are slippery. So you get there. You go into her apartment building, find her name on the door, knock on the door. She comes. She opens the door a little bit with the chain still on to talk to you. You tell her who you are, why you're there. And she'll give you the information if you drive her to the hospital because she wants to visit someone. And right. it's snowing out <clears> and it's bad weather and she doesn't want to drive. So you agree. She warns you, drive carefully. Mm-hmm. I'm an old lady. Drive carefully. Right. I, mean, I know you kids nowadays. So you drive her to the hospital. And when you get there, or on the way there, she's giving you information. You need to go to the manager's office, the general manager or something like that, to uh, to get a key. And then go to this other room, and that's where the vault is. You need to open the vault, and that's where the gas vouchers will be. Uh, and there's going to be at least three guards. Right. Don't let them see you. So you're like, okay, cool. You drop her off. She says the building that you want is actually right across the street from the hospital. So it was on the way anyways. That's why you gave her a ride. So then you go over to the hospital, figure out how to get in, which is pretty simple. I mean, they don't make puzzles like, how do I do this? It's pretty obvious because she told you to go through the back way. So you go through the back way. The game tells you push this button to crouch and be sneaky. 
So you do that because you're thinking, oh, there's guards in here. So you kind of wander around at first because you're not quite sure where to go, which makes sense. She told you where to go, but she didn't give you a map. Right. You don't know where you're at. So it's just a big government building. Right. But you can see that there's guards that shows up on your radar. And uh, I end up killing the guards, but silently. Mm-hmm. I didn't make a big mess of it. And then I open the safe. I find the guy's office. I open the safe. I get the bonds, mm-hmm. the gas bonds. And as soon as you do, an alarm goes off. So it doesn't matter what the guy told you mm-hmm. or if you kill those guards or not. Yeah. No matter what you do, the alarm's going to go off when you right. take those out of the safe and the police show up. There's no way to get out of there without a shootout. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tried four times just trying to yeah. run for it and hiding mm-hmm. and nothing worked. They were coming in, which is makes sense. Right. I mean, it's realistic. And the cops deploy differently every single time according mm-hmm. to what I was doing. Right. And you can hear the cops talking to each other and um, – it's very realistic. It's not like you could take 20 hits before you die. Mm-hmm. You might get taken down with one shot if he gets a lucky shot at Right. So I finally get past that stage of the game where I get away from the cops, and I've got the bonds. Mm-hmm. I lose the cops. Uh, I go buy a new suit so they they're, they don't know who I am anymore. Right. I look different. I'm like, cool, I, I completed this mission. Now i got to go back to the bar mm-hmm. where the mafia guy is. So I get back to the bar, and this is an hour that I've been playing this right. one mission. I get back to the bar, and, and he's like, well, you walk in and you say, it got messy. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, you know, I told you I'm going to have to take a third if it gets messy. Mm-hmm. I wanted this a quiet job. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, whatever. So you give him the bonds and he looks at him and he goes, he says, we got a problem. Mm. Well, what's the problem? These expire at midnight. These are going to be worthless tomorrow. And you're like, hey, you didn't yeah. say anything about an expiration date. I did what I was supposed to do. Right. And he's like, hey, you know, I can't help you out. Only thing you can really do is take these to different gas stations and turn them in for money. Mm-hmm. So now there's oh, like sh- eight gas stations throughout the whole city, mm-hmm. and you've got an hour at this point. Right. You got to drive to at least six gas stations scattered out. This is a big city. Right. It's snowing and it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Your driving skills are not the best. Yeah. So you have to drive to eight or six different gas stations out of a possible, I think, eight or nine. And uh, sell a number of these mm-hmm. vouchers at the gas station so they can stamp them and they'll give you money. Right. So it's a frantic drive. Mm. You know, I go to my map. I plot my course for the next one. It kind of gives you a little GPS yeah. thing like most games, driving games do. Yeah. So, you know, I have to turn left here and then right. It gives you a route to get there. Otherwise, you'll never do it. Yeah. Because this is a very confusing New York City, Chicago type of area. So every time I get to the next gas station, I'll pa- uh, I'll bring up my map, which pauses the game, and I'll say, uh, which one's closest? And what do- I think yep. if I go to this one, I'll cross that bridge, and that'll cut my time down, so I'll go that way. And I did it on the first try, but it, it was very – it was so much fun. I was like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I- but you know what? I don't want to redo it. I don't want to have to go through this frantic oh, pace again. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but it's not so punitive where it says, okay, you failed – you didn't get to all six gas stations, so now we're going to put you back in the government building and start from there. No, right. it doesn't do that. I died a bunch of times in this building before I got outside the building and then got killed, and then it just starts me there yeah. getting out of the building. So it's not so punitive where you got to do too much if you, mm-hmm. if you die, but it's enough where you're like, you don't want to fail. Right. And the driving aspects and rushing, you, had, you still have to be careful because if you get into big accidents as a cop nearby, they're going to come after you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's real-world physics. Your car gets beat up, driving like a madman, yeah. hitting curbs, and it's it, it was a lot of fun is what I'm trying to say. Um, cool. But it's one of those – it's a time suck. 
Oh, I'm sure. You know, well, it, it takes you an hour to complete a mission. Mission. It took me about an hour and a half because at the hour point, I finally got back to the bar, and yeah. now I've got an hour, and it's computer hour, so right. it's not really an hour, but I got an hour to drive around the city. And here's the sad point: is I didn't have my car anymore, so I had to go out and boost another car. <laughs> and you can't just get into any locked car; you actually have to pick the lock, and it shows you how to do that. And it's mm-hmm. pretty clever the mechanics. Or you can just smash the window, but if right. you do that. You're driving around with a busted window. The cops might notice. Right. Or someone walking by will see you breaking a window. Right. It was, it was a clever mechanics. It's nothing that I haven't seen in other games. It's just And it's not even – I don't even want to say it's done better. I think GTA was much better in some of the, the – if you look at one little thing, GTA might be better. Uh, looking at this little thing, well, maybe the saboteur was better. Or – this game doesn't beat all the other games on every level. Right. But when you start putting all this stuff together, the graphics, the acting, the interaction of the city, mm-hmm. the gameplay aspects, it just makes for a really good game. One of those games that you're going to play and go, I like this. This is yeah. fun. This is entertaining. It's not a kid's game. You saw the right. the language they were yeah. using. So it's not a kid's game, but by the same token, I'm not a kid. Right. I don't want to play Pac-Man. Yep. Well, sometimes I do, but... I want to play an adult-themed game that's mm-hmm. entertaining to me, that's visually um, stimulating. It, it gets my creativity going. i got to right. think differently in yeah. different situations. Okay, can I silently kill these guards, or should I just stay hidden until I get the chance? And yeah, There's so many different things you could do. It's sure. kind of RTS-ish, if you will, mm-hmm. like the games we were talking about at the beginning, right. where there's, there's never a clear-cut way you have to do it this way. I'm sure there might be on some of the missions you have to do this to accomplish it. But you you get the even if it's just the illusion of you know, I don't have to walk up these steps. I can go over those steps or I can just hang out here in this corridor and see what the guards do for a half hour in real time if I wanted to. Right. And there to me I think I like those games. You know, where mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not confined to this narrow corridor and I have to kill the next 20 guys until the big monster shows up right. at the end. And I died, so now i got to go back and kill these 20 guys again. It gets repetitive and boring after a while. Gears of War was kind of bad about that. Yeah. But uh, I like Mafia, too. I mean, it's too early for me to give it a review or mm-hmm. anything like that. But, but so far, it's been pretty, sounds like it's been pretty hey, good. It, hey, it, it's $60 game, so it's not cheap. Yeah. And uh, right now, I don't regret buying it. So that's that's, that's saying something. That is. $60 is not cheap. Yeah. But I've been looking forward to this game for... Probably three and a half, four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first trailer I showed you was from 2007. Yeah. And back then, when people were looking at those graphics, they probably thought, that's all cinematics. The gameplay is not going to look like that. It does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's something to be said for uh, impressing your audience when, yeah. when you can deliver. So so what's coming up uh, in, on your schedule here? Any geekiest things that... You got planned? Oh, geez, no big event, no big geek events planned anytime soon. Today, I still so. haven't seen Inception. No, I know it. Neither have I. Uh, I still haven't seen Toy Story three, although that's neither at the cheap I. dollar f- flicks now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We might have to make a movie. Series, look at, yeah, get, get a movie thing going. I, I still want to take my daughter to see PlayStation or PlayStation uh, Toy Story three because right. I I know it's going to be great. Well, some people I, are saying I it's the best. I want to go see it too. So yeah. maybe that's what we'll do. Be fun. Have a daughter date. There you go. So uh, with that, we're going to sign off, Chad. 
hopefully everybody out there will send us some feedback. Uh, you can send it to Tim at MyMac.com or Chad Perry at MyMac.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MyMac. And uh, Geekiest Show Ever is the website. Go up there and, I don't know, leave comments. Send us comments is what we'd really like to have. Sure. If you guys are interested in coming on the show and talking about your favorite geek topic and you think that uh, you wouldn't mind sitting in with Chad and me, hey, let us know. Send us an email, Tim at MyMac.com, and say, hey, I'd like to come on the Geekiest Show Ever, and we'll see what we can do. That's our listener invite. We'd love to have you on. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. See you in two. See you.